The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. Welcome to the show, my friends, on this beautiful Saturday, day after Christmas, December 26. I certainly hope you're having a uh, safe and fun-filled uh, holiday season. I hope uh, your Christmas was really, really uh, fun and fattening and all that good stuff, my friends. Um, I, you know, what the main thing I, I, I really hope and pray for all of us is that uh, all of the stuff that's going on right now, whether it's the election or the doggone COVID shutdown, uh, is really not affecting you emotionally during this period. I mean, it's going to be, it has to be tough. So many people that are out of work, so many people that um, uh, are being impacted upon. Uh, in fact, we've got, uh, we've got uh, one person, uh, one of our guests today is going to be talking. He, he, he is part owner of a gun shop here in San Antonio, and he's going to be chatting with us in a little bit uh, regarding this uh, situation with uh, the the shutdown and um, the uh, edicts, the forcing of uh, folks to to wear masks in um, in businesses. So we're going to chat about that. Um, let me uh, let me tell you who else is on our show real quick, and then we'll launch into our uh, in, into our opening segment. Uh, well, uh, we've got uh, Mr. Joe Barrero. He is the one. He is the part owner of the uh, of uh, the, the South Texas Gun Shop here in San Antonio. Uh, Joe's going to be talking to us about um, the situation that where they were cited recently. They were given a warning for not um, uh, having for people not wearing masks in their shop. Now. Uh, again, folks, let me make sure that you understand. This is not a restaurant. Uh, this is not a uh, business where you are in close proximity to one another. This is a gun shop, okay, that has a counter, a very large counter between you and them, and uh, you and the and, and the uh, customer. Um, this is also, you know, a uh, a place where there is a lot of. Um, uh, testosterone, should we say, a lot of masculinity. So I don't think that they're going to get too close. People are not going to, the guys are not going to get too close to the other guys. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it was very, very curious that uh, they were cited. It was very, very curious that they were noticed. It was very, very curious that they were targeted. And that's the way, that's the word that I will use. So uh, Joe's going to talk to us about uh, the experience uh, because uh, the the person that came in was a, a, a little less than friendly uh, with them, and uh, you know these are public servants or are they Gestapo? That's what I want to know. Are they public servants or are they Gestapo? Because uh, you know the way that uh, that Joe describes the behavior of this of this individual is not someone doing a public service, someone telling you what's best for your health. No, it was someone who was provoking, someone who was targeting, someone who was trying to create a, a situation. So uh, we'll hear from Joe Barrera. We will also hear from Miss Sharon Landis. This is another situation that we are seeing across the country. This is another situation that uh, here locally is, uh, is beginning to heat up. This, uh, this is a situation, my, my friends, regarding the... Uh, the uh, defunding of police. Only they are not saying that. Okay, Sharon Landis is a homeowner, uh, citizen, voter, taxpayer here in San Antonio, and uh, she was uh, accosted. And that's the only word that I will use. She was accosted in her front yard by someone who demanded. Yes, that's the word that we are going to use. Demanded that she sign a petition, a, a petition uh, to defund the police. 
There is a Black Lives Matter group. There is a uh, radical group here in San Antonio who is passing around a, a petition. Now, the petition sounds very, very innocent. It sounds very, very, uh, very, very uh, simple. However, the the effect of this petition, uh, the uh, the uh, goal of this petition is ultimately to uh, impact on the police officers themselves, to impact on the police union, on the police department, and uh, by definition, to impact on the police officers themselves. If this petition, if this petition happens and works, my friends, you will see mass exodus of, of police officers, of well-trained, well-disciplined police officers who will no longer be able to put their lives... It won't be worth their time to risk their lives. However, that is the goal of these folks. That is the goal of these of these radicals, of these leftist radicals. And uh, what's very, very interesting, and I don't know how many of you saw it, but what's very, very interesting is, the, uh, is a recent video that surfaced uh, it uh, it was run on um, uh, on Fox News, and I can't remember who it was that that, that showed it. Uh, I will post it on my on my uh, uh, on my Facebook page and on my uh, MeWe page. Uh, I will share it, but it's uh, literally what it is is uh, Barack Obama. And I hesitate, my friends, at this point. I've got so much uh, so much anger with him. It is Barack Obama telling folks that they need to stop talking about defunding the police, that they need to stop using that phrase. Not that they need to stop defunding the police, that they need to stop using that phrase. That the phrase that they should use is reform the police, which is exactly what this petition and these people that are passing around the petition claim. They claim that it is an effort to reform the police. My friends, it is it's the same as people claiming that they want to that they want to reform immigration that immigration needs reform uh, it needs to be uh, uh, reorganized that somehow it needs to be changed and what they mean by that by that my friends is that the border patrol needs to go away and that the borders need to be more more open so that people can just practically walk in and claim uh, and, and claim whatever uh, they want to claim. Claim asylum, claim uh, uh, citizenship, claim whatever they want. You know, there is an, a, a real attack on law enforcement, my friends, whether it's at the border or the, whether it's in our neighborhoods. We've got to understand that. And these, uh, these petitioners uh, are, have a lot of chutzpah. They've got a lot of nerve. You will hear Sharon Landis explain to you uh, uh, describe to you how this individual, in my opinion, was trying to provoke them, and literally did, would not leave the property. Okay, and uh, you know was demanding that uh, that they sign his petition. Uh, it, it, it's this is dangerous, my friends, because there are so many people in San Antonio. There are so many people in America that are asleep. And don't understand the the uh, conniving nature of these leftists, and in many cases, these uh, leftists are manipulating dumb liberals, dumb people that think that they are doing uh, society a favor by reforming, as they say, the police. When in actuality, all they're doing is helping to undermine law and order, their own public safety. And who's going to replace the police? Who's going to replace the public safety? Well, the leftists, I'm sure, eventually will, will replace it with their own Gestapo. I mean, we've already got the you, you know we've already got an example of this uh, of this uh, person, this health worker supposedly uh, walking around uh, bullying uh, a gun shop owner. You know, now we've got uh, a, a petitioner who is demanding that you sign their petition. In, in the name of, of social justice, in the name of reforming the police. That is dangerous. 
Our final guest, my friends, our final guests is, uh, guest is Sheriff Richard Vaughn from Grayson County, Virginia. Uh, I reached out to him because he is, he is um, uh, uh, facing a, uh, he is literally rebelling against the police, I mean against the governor. He is literally rebelling against the governor who has taken some crazy stands. The, this latest rebellion that he is, this latest strong position that he is taking against the governor has to do with the Second Amendment, and he's going to be talking about the Second Amendment. But he has taken some very, very strong stances against uh, sanctuary communities because, I don't know if you know it, because my, my friends, uh, MS-13 has a direct line straight up uh, I, uh, Interstate 81, uh, from Atlanta directly up into uh, into uh, Maryland and uh, the Washington D.C. area, and uh, and that runs uh, uh, that runs right through the the uh, right through through Grayson County where um, uh, Sheriff uh, Vaughn is, and uh, you know I mean these these folks I mean you know that you can't uh, that say that uh, you you can't own a gun that you can't. Uh, 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 ask a criminal if they are here in the United States illegally. These folks who want to disarm you and open the borders at the same time to criminals, uh, or that you're not supposed to cooperate with ICE if you pick up one of these criminals. I mean, you know, uh, they are disarming you, they're taking away the police, and at the same time, uh, they're opening the border for, uh, for criminals. Uh, you know, my friends, I am not sure what these folks are thinking. I certainly am not sure what these folks are thinking. But let me tell you, it's dangerous. It is absolutely dangerous. So uh, welcome to the show, my friends. I hope that you will call your friends and tell them to join us. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio. Um, please uh, join us. Please go to the, uh, to the KLUP website so that you can uh, listen to uh, past programs, you can share them, you can download them. Uh, go to my Facebook page or to my uh, MeWe page. I'm going more and more using MeWe. Uh, use that. Uh, I haven't gone to Parlor yet. Uh, I intend to do that very soon. Um, and my Twitter account, all George Rodriguez El Conservador. If you just look for that, you'll find me. So, uh, my friends, welcome once again. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting us and joining us. We'll be right back with our first guest. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer here in San Antonio. And uh, we've got a special guest to, uh, today with us, uh, Miss Sharon Landis. And I wanted to reach out to her because uh, Sharon was involved in an incident uh, involving the local Black Lives Matter radicals. And uh, just like in other major communities, we've got the same situation in San Antonio where we've got uh, these uh, Black Lives Ma Mar Marxists, Black Lives Matter Marxists, who are trying to um, punish the police, who are trying to abolish the police, but they lie. They don't say that they're trying to do it. They say that they're trying to bring accountability. And they've got a petition that they've been going around with. Uh, we're hoping that uh, the citizens of San Antonio will wake up and recognize what is happening because uh, they've got a real soft sell to this thing. 
at least in some in some public ways. The incident that uh, Sharon is going to tell us about uh, certainly wasn't very, very soft. Sharon, thank you for being with us. Uh, thank you for coming to the show. Uh, I want to be sure that folks understand also that uh, Sharon is recovering from a stroke, and this is the first time in about 18 months that she speaks out publicly. So welcome, Sharon. I'm glad that you're doing better. Tell us about this incident. Tell us about this incident. What happened when did it happen? Where did it happen? Here in San Antonio on the 18th of December, approximately 3 p.m., sitting at home, minding our own business, decorating for Christmas. Um, gentleman came up to our door, knocked. My husband answered the door. It turned out to be a, a petitioner wanted us to sign a petition for a fix SAPD. Um, when we questioned it and said, is this the uh, defund the police type of program? He's like, well, we're not using that verbiage. We want to fix the police. We want to hold them accountable for their actions. Um, we tried to explain to him what, if he could explain to us what they wanted to hold accountable for. He couldn't. I questioned him. I asked him if he knew the amount of hours at our SAPD put in, how much training they do. He said, no. He said, why should I need to know that? And I said, well, you're over here trying to collect signatures. You would think you know a little bit background of something you're trying to collect signatures for. I educated the young man, told him San Antonio Police Department does over 32 weeks of training at the academy. They have extensive background checks. They also do an, an additional 12 weeks of FTO training with a one-year probationary uh, training for all new officers. Any officer that comes in from another state, regardless if they have a, uh, a license, has to go through the San Antonio Police Academy. They have to get trained just like everyone else. The only thing is that they don't take the TCO test. Um, San Antonio Police officers are one of the best in the nation. They are the only one that have double the amount of training that what he told actually is it's that success. So San Antonio is way on board on what's going on. This guy just did not want to hear it. He went on to tell us a story that five SAPD officers jumped him. He wound up receiving eight stitches. He never, those officers never got accountable for that. I asked him, well, what did he do to deserve eight stitches? They just didn't come out of nowhere and just get him. He got our rate. Uh, my husband and I asked him multiple times, you know what, just leave, we're not signing anything. He, he, he started, so you're not going to sign my petition, you're not going to do anything. I said, no, just leave. He then started insulting me, saying that we were being racist. Now, he's, now he was, house. at this I point, at this, house. Sharon, at this point, he was still, he was still in your, uh, he was still on your property when he went off and started insulting you, Correct. Oh, yes, he was sitting on my on our front porch. At this point, we're already at a 20-minute conversation where the gentleman would not leave. Uh, when I exited my house, I said, you need to get off my property now. He took a step forward towards me. He chest-bumped me, and he said, what are you going to do about it? And then we started. I um, used expletives to him. He used expletives back. I got called a, a white crackhead, pill-popping uh, the B-word, the... W word, whatever word you could think of, he then challenged my husband to come at him. He, um, in the video that you witnessed, it's me trying to get him off the property. Uh, we did not, I did not touch him. I did not push him. I was trying to be civil and trying to get him off my property. We are gun owners, but we did not want to have that escalate because he was filming as well. He was holding his camera up saying you see here you have these people who are against us we need to fight back against these crackheads he called me a cracker i'm hispanic i told him back um he again threatened my husband to go after him he told my husband to control me he started screaming he went across the street started screaming at us telling he was going to call the police I then said, oh, that's funny. You want to get you want to get signatures to defund the police, but as soon as something goes south and doesn't go your way, you want to call the police. I said, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, how ironic. <laughs> exactly. So um, we went on. He, he then 
took a picture of my house. He then took a picture of each of my vehicles, and he used some more expletives. He said he was going to come back with his friends. He was going to come back and let let it be known. He goes, uh, he goes. I think. Uh, then I heard him on the phone. He was on the phone, and he he was calling people. He says we need to get we need to get our BLM parade down here right now. And I was like, oh, great. So so now you're calling your Black Lives Matter friends. So where are they at? You know, bring it on. We're here. And um, we called the police. As soon as he found out we called the police, he entered his vehicle and took off as fast as he could. Um, our police department showed up, viewed the video, viewed everything I had to say, wrote a report. Uh, I have not seen the gentleman. I don't know if he's going to come back. I don't know what they're organizing. We did we did make contact with the organization. We did talk to two um, so-called supervisors that they identified themselves with. Um, what did they say? I, what did they have to say, if anything? They uh, apologized. They said that that was not what their organization was about. Their organization was about holding accountability for SAPD. I asked them, what accountability do you want to be held. You're, you're comparing apples to oranges. They're, you're comparing what's happening in other states, uh, other police departments to SAPD, which does not happen here. SAPD is, uh, is loved by the citizens of San Antonio. Are there a couple of bad apples? Yes, but it's just like any other organization. There are bad doctors. There are bad lawyers. There are bad nurses. There are bad teachers. There are bad everything. You cannot, there is no amount of training in this world that's going to make a perfect police officer, and there's no type of utopia that's going to make a perfect police department. People are going to mess up. We're human beings. But at the end of it, everybody needs to have a fair and equal trial. Just like a citizen of San Antonio, so do our police officers. Our police officers need to have someone to back them up and to be there for them because when they are on a call, it's seconds that they have to make decisions. And no one else can make the decision other than that police officer. We cannot be Monday night quarterbacking our our law enforcement. It's ridiculous. And this organization wants to do that. And 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 it's like it, it it makes my skin crawl because this gentleman knew exactly what he was getting into when he entered my property. I have two back the blue signs on my yard. I have an American flag hanging from my flagpole. Under that, I have a thin blue line flag. And on top of my house, I have a Trump flag. I have a Latinos for Trump yard at my window. I have a I have two. Do not solicit signs on my property. This gentleman knew full right what he was entering when he stepped onto my property, and he made the judgment call to go ahead and do it anyway. It was more like a, a provoke, provoking type situation than it was really trying to gather a, a, a signatures, I guess. Plus the fact that he was he was filming the whole thing uh, at the same time. So I mean, it was obvious he was trying to set you guys up. Correct, and and you can see in our in our home security surveillance, he stops at the front sidewalk. He gets his camera ready, and he and he and he puts it to the side, ready to, and has it filming. So I don't know what he does with his footage. I don't know what he's going to do with his footage. I don't know what they're going to cut, cut and paste and do whatever they want. But this is ridiculous that the citizens of San Antonio have to sit here and listen to this garbage of fix SAPD. How about we? How about we go ahead and support SAPD, give them the funding they need, support the, the fact that they have 32 weeks of training at a top-notch academy, well, support the fact that they do... I, I, would well. go, I would go one step beyond that. I would say, instead of reforming the police department any further, let's reform the, 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 the society that creates, uh, that creates the problems. Let's do that. Exactly. I I am born and raised here in San Antonio. I'm a military wife. I've, I've been gone a long time. But the consensus here, even from even from criminals, lack of a better word, they respect the police. They they know that they have a job to do, and they they you know they have to do it. Now, the ones that I see in poking the bear are the ones who come in, are transplants, the ones that come in from other states, from other cities, from other um, 
you know, countries. And they sit here and they try to manipulate our system. And, and that's not San Antonio. We are not a Portland. We are not a Milwaukee. We're not a Chicago. We are San Antonio. And our blue, our police officers have our back. And we need to have their back. Right. Sharon, thank you very, very much. We, we need to close out, but thank you very much for coming on the show. And uh, I, I, would, I would really ask you to keep us, keep us informed about this situation if it develops any further. So thank you very, very much for taking time out. I hope that uh, time to, uh, to be with us. I hope that you will have a happy and a Merry Christmas. Do the same, and I wish everyone that's listening a happy and Merry Christmas and a happy 2021. It's a lot better than 2020. You got it. Thank you very much. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. tears 
to put this together, and I find it incomprehensible that someone from a local government level could tell us that they're going to shut us down if we don't obey their mandates. They're not even laws. Um, I've, I've talked to health officials. There's two sides of the camp. My doctor says it's just like the flu. You want to take a chance? No, no problem. My advice would be if you're in poor health and you're concerned about it, take the precautions necessary. If masks work, then you wearing a mask will do just fine. This thing is, isn't as dangerous as I believe it. They make it out to be. If you got to get tested to find out whether or not you have this, what does that tell you? I mean, if you're sick, you should know it without getting tested, right? So, But there are people who are dying who are in poor health, so we do want to be responsible. We do want to support those people. Uh, we do want to take the precautions. Um, I just don't think we should do it at the cost of me losing my business because of it. Let me ask you real quick, because the other component to this thing was how it was reported. Uh, the San Antonio Express, which is a very liberal newspaper, uh, said that it was a sighting and said, uh, I, I thought from the from reading it, that you guys had been had been fined. Apparently, you just given a warning. The other thing was how the uh, case at uh, 12, uh, the local TV station reported. Now, these, these news media outlets uh, seem to consistently scare people about COVID. How, what, what did you think about the coverage in the news regarding your... your, your well, I think uh, President Trump put it best. They're fake news. Um, they falsely reported that we were cited. Uh, they listed us as non-compliant, which we are compliant. We were compliant within five minutes of those folks coming in. Um, we never got a ticket. We were warned. We respect authority. We spoke to those folks and treated them how we would want to be treated, and that was it. And they made a bigger deal about this by trying to shame us for doing business and supporting the families who work here and the people, the patrons, who are just trying to defend themselves in these weird times. Once again, my friends, thank you very much uh, for, for chatting with us. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. We've got uh, a special guest, a new guest with us, Sheriff Richard Vaughn from uh, Grayson County, Virginia, which is uh, in the southwest part of the uh, state, uh, rural area, uh, and a uh, very uh, beautiful mountain area uh, up in the, uh, in the Appalachians there. Um, I wanted to get him on here because um, uh, Sheriff Vaughn is, one of the, is a member of the uh, Constitutional Sheriff's Association, and uh, they're looking at, uh, at some uh, very, very uh, questionable uh, edicts or uh, laws from their uh, governor, from, the, from a very liberal governor in, in Virginia. Uh, governor. And uh, the governor has issued some uh, mandates or some uh, questionable uh, edicts, should we call them. Uh, because I'm not sure that we can really call them laws. I'll ask, I'll ask the the uh, sheriff about that. Sheriff, welcome to the show. Uh, I, let's talk about, first of all, the role of the sheriffs and the Constitution, because I think a lot of people don't understand. Uh, they, they, they see the sheriffs maybe like county uh, police chiefs, and uh, your role is distinct and unique uh, in law enforcement, is it not? Yeah, absolutely. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, the office of the sheriff is the oldest constitutional office, and uh, our primary responsibility as an elected sheriff, which we're the only elected law enforcement uh, officer in Virginia, and I think uh, across the, uh, the country as well. But, you know, we took an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution uh, of the state that we serve in. And uh, we are the last line of defense for the citizens we serve because we certainly have some overreaching governments today. Uh, we are in the far southwest Virginia, uh, uh, thankfully. We're about as far from our state capital as we can get. We can get to four or five other state capitals quicker than we can get to our own. But <laughs> we definitely have a, an overreaching uh, legislators and the governor last year when they tried to pass some of these uh, uh, bans on uh Armalite rifles and rifles that could uh, accept a magazine that would hold more than 10 rounds. So we, we know what that's like, and uh, we've actually learned a lot from the sheriffs uh, out in the western part of the country who've been fighting this for several years. So uh, we definitely are, are seeing a lot of overreach uh, in, in state government today. You really had, uh, yeah, I remember that there was a, uh, earlier this year, there were, there were some real, 
uh, big rallies in Richmond, uh, your capital regarding uh, regarding the Second Amendment and uh, the right to bear arms, and uh, you know it, it. You know the 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 news media, the liberal news media, went went haywire with it. But uh, you know, folks that live in rural areas. I mean, for crying out loud! I mean, how how big is your area, and how long does it take you to respond to uh, to a, a, a critical call? Sometimes. Well, Grayson County, we border uh, North Carolina to the south, uh, Tennessee to the west. We're a very mountainous county. Uh, we have the highest point in Virginia, which is Mount Rogers, fifty-seven hundred feet. So it. It's about 60 miles across our county from uh, east to west, and it can take you an hour and 15 minutes, you know, just to respond to the other side of the county. So that's why I encourage all of our citizens uh, to uh, practice their Second Amendment right by having firearms in the home and carrying a, a concealed weapon uh, even when they're, they're out of the home because we can't sit in their driveway 24-7 and guarantee that we're going to be there to protect them. We're public safety. You know, a lot can happen in an hour, a lot can happen in five minutes. So I encourage everyone to have a weapon of some sort in their home and to know how to use it. So you believe uh, that, that the Second Amendment is something very, very important to to uh, individuals, I, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, without the Second Amendment, uh, we would probably see a lot of changes to the First Amendment and other parts of the Constitution, and which is the very backbone uh, that the sheriffs are actually supposed to be standing up for. And, and I'm glad to see sheriffs uh, across the nation, you know, taking a stand and being vocal, uh, you know, to the federal government as well. You know, with the change of administration in the White House, we're likely going to see some federal mandates at least attempted. Uh, I hope uh, they will be defeated, but you know, they cannot compel sheriffs to enforce federal law. There's Supreme Court case law on that. So basically, yeah, the, the sheriff is the last line of defense for his citizens. Well, you raise a very, very interesting issue because we have seen uh, here on in the southwest border, we've seen a lot of um, uh, illegal immigration uh, in anticipation that somehow there's going to be an amnesty. Now, there's also the cartels that have been having uh, that have been having big shootouts across the river uh, as they vie for uh, you know for for power amongst themselves, and um, you know we uh, you know with, uh, we anticipate that a lot of that uh, violence could spill over into our uh, in, into uh, our communities. The other thing is that we're watching this defunding of police. Uh, police departments and police across the country. So, uh, I mean, what do you anticipate? What do you see as far as both your role and uh, other sheriffs uh, as a more liberal uh, administration takes over? Well, that's an interesting point, too. I saw that on the news this morning where Austin, Texas, is talking about uh, defunding the police department down there, and several large municipalities across the country have done the same thing, but I think it's going to come back to bite them uh, very soon. They're going to see uh, in some of these areas of these larger cities where gangs and criminals are taking over. I think they're starting to see some of that already. They're going to wish that they haven't cut uh, the budgets of those, and you're going to see good people that live in those cities move out maybe to more rural areas and uh, Grayson County, Virginia is a great place to live and you're definitely going to have a sheriff here that's going to stand up uh, for your constitutional rights. Yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, also I I wanted to to ask you is uh, this uh, war on police, not only is it a political war, but um, uh, the number of of, uh, deputies and and officers that uh, the number of of folks in in, uh, law enforcement that have been shot uh, injured or killed, not to mention the number that have had uh, that because they're on the front lines that are first responders have come down with COVID as well. Uh, how uh, how is your uh, how are your folks handling it? Well, as far as the COVID issues go, I think we've had five deputies who have tested positive. I tested positive a couple months ago. Uh, Thankfully, I had mild uh, symptoms, you know, runny nose, a little fatigue, and some muscle aches. And after three or four days, I I felt good enough to come back to work. I I stayed home and worked from home. But uh, it's it's definitely been an impact uh, on some of the larger municipalities, I think, who have had to come to work and work sick. Uh, you know, and hopefully not not spread it to members of the public or or coworkers. And 
you know, we need to stand behind our law enforcement that's out here on the front lines being exposed to COVID. It's being exposed to criminals every day. But it seems like some of these liberal leaders are uh, trying to legalize marijuana and and side on the side of, of criminals. And that's the, the best form of crime prevention that I can think of is to lock up bad guys. And that's what we're called to do as sheriffs, you know, is to help the good people and, and lock up the bad guys. And if we could get back on track with that, uh, this nation would be a lot better off. Yeah, they seem to there seems to be this this move to to uh, excuse and uh and uh almost reward bad behavior by decriminalizing everything for crying out loud um what uh, here at the end what is there anything spe- specific that you'd like to share with us uh, before we close out well, I would just encourage uh, everyone uh, that's listening to call their legislators to get involved in the process uh, because we know that some of these uh, gun control bills are going to be uh, uh, coming up here pretty soon, uh, whether it's in Washington, D.C. or in your state. And you need to make sure that you are electing people that will support the Constitution and, and support your rights and do a little research on them and find out how they stand. And if they're not uh, the person that needs to be in that position, then you need to rally and find some Somebody that's willing to run that's going to take up take a stand for what is right and uh you know look for that good foundation somebody that's going to put god first and uh support the constitution and do what's right you got it oh that that's you know that's great great advice once again my friends we've been uh chatting with uh, our good friend uh mr uh, sheriff richard vaughn from uh, grayson county virginia sheriff thank you very very much for taking time to be with us today uh, stay safe and uh, have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, thank you for having me. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you once again for uh, joining us uh, today. Uh, let me give you some uh, quick in- information regarding uh, illegal immigration uh, news, uh, as well as uh, starting next week, uh, we're going to have a new sponsor, and I'm really excited about this. It's going to be uh, a, a uh, it's going to be a, a, a news organization. It uh, it is uh, it it is called. Let me make sure I've got their name correctly. Borderhawk News, and it is a uh, news organization that provides immigration, border security, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism. All this type of news that you don't hear from the mainstream media, you'll be able to hear from them. Uh, so we're pretty, ex- we're really excited about having them as a uh, as a sponsor. Uh, once again, uh, it's going to be our new sponsor, uh, Borderhawk Dot News. So uh, if you get a chance, go ahead and start uh, 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 checking them out and uh, and supporting them. Supporting them supports us. And uh, that's uh, what we really desperately need, my friends. So let uh, let me give you some quick uh, news regarding the um, regarding what's going on in the in in the world of uh, immigration and border security. First of all, uh, one of the things that uh, you know that you don't hear about, my friends, and and that is a really really disgusting, is the amount of drugs that's coming across the border. Okay, we are so busy talking about COVID here. Uh, the the mainstream media scaring us with COVID, scaring us with uh, with uh, not wearing masks, etc., etc. Et Let me tell you what liberal policies. That's what we should be afraid of. What liberal policies have done to San Francisco? Okay, the uh, San Francisco uh, local government, which has taken a str- extreme liberal approach to to uh, criminal behavior, uh, excusing it and tolerating it. Well. The number of of overdoses, the deaths, the number of deaths from overdoses, uh, drug users, because of the needle exchange program, the uh, decriminalization of of drugs in general, that is far outpacing the COVID deaths in in San Francisco. However, however, San Francisco continues to panic and, and arrest people and cite them if they're not wearing a mask, but they're not doing anything regarding regarding the drug use, regarding drug addicts. I mean, my friends, if a person continues to fall off the bandwagon, whether they are an alcoholic or a drug abuser, if they continue to fall off of it, even after you pick them up and you dry them out, and they continue to fall, my friends, those individuals have shown that they cannot take care of themselves. They need to be put away. They need to be put someplace where they will be taken care of. 
that's just my my, my opinion. I'm sorry. Uh, it, you know, uh, it it just is. It, it sounds terrible, but it's uh, the fact of the matter with with drugs, my friends, is that the cartels are really really uh, coming on strong to to uh, corner the market in, in in the United States, and in the United States, instead of instead of discouraging people from from using drugs, we seem to be tolerating it and encouraging it. Yeah. So what do you think that what do you think the the reaction of the cartels is? You know, regarding the cartels, there was a there was this a, a tragedy, this tragedy this past week also, where the ex governor of Jalisco, uh, the the, the uh, his name uh, Gerardo Octavio Solis, he was gunned down, was gunned down last week uh, by the cartels, and he was targeted by the um, by the uh, uh, cartels because he was an outspoken critic of the cartels. Now this is in Jalisco, my friends. In in, in that is the same place where they tried to arrest the uh, son of El Chapo, and uh, the, the uh, president uh, told the, the the police and the military to back off and leave him alone. They won. They won. The cartels won. You know, my friends, if we don't do something about border security. And it's just not the illegal aliens coming across. It is border security. If we don't do something about that, my friends, we're in real trouble. We are in some real trouble. Uh, one final note, uh, one uh, other note regarding uh, illegal immigration, and this is something that's very, very typical, is, uh, of course, from the news media, from the uh, liberal news media, um, The Guardian, which has become a real, real uh, leftist, wide-eyed leftist uh, publication. The Guardian uh, posted a, uh, published a, 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 uh, an article about a Guatemalan father who brought his, his daughter to the border to uh, uh, cross illegally, okay, to cross illegally. And uh, they have this real sympathetic story about how the only glimpse of the United States they, him and his daughter got was in the back of a patrol car of a, of a border patrol car uh, or wagon uh, being uh, deported back to Mexico, being sent back across the, uh, the border to Mexico. Now, you know, they go on and on about how the man uh, tried to enter, uh, you know, suffered to bring his daughter to a new life, brought, suffered to bring his daughter to, to uh, partake of the American dream. What they, you know, what what they ignore is that he he endangered this child by bringing them on this dangerous trip, endangered them, endangered something could have happened to him, and where would the kid be? You know, and then they brought the child so that they could break the law. He brought the child so that he could break the law and enter the United States illegally. And you know why he did that? Because he is under the assumption that uh, you know kids get special treatment. Which is probably something that's going to happen under the uh, Biden-Harris administration. You know, again, my friends, I don't want to sound—I don't want to sound really, really nasty. I don't want to sound heartless. But the fact of the matter is, my friends, we cannot encourage illegal immigration in any form or fashion. We can't. Uh, if somebody enters the country, whether it's an adult or a child, if they enter the country illegally, they've entered the country illegally. And they have to be punished, they have to be deported. That is the only way we're going to to uh, stop illegal immigration. The other aspect, and this is a, an interesting, uh, a very, very interesting uh, uh, article that I encourage everyone to, to uh, check out. Uh, it is in the uh, from the Center of Immigra for Immigration Studies. It's on their website uh, regarding spies and terrorists, which are now fl just flocking to Mexico so that they can enter the United States. These folks are coming from Asia and Africa, and they are mingling in with all of these folks that are seeking uh, asylum, or they are paying the cartels to bring them across. Okay, uh, the the number of people, the number of people that uh, are are uh, that are coming across uh, is reflected uh, in, in the in the uh, 
in the number of apprehensions. Let me give you some quick uh, some quick uh, stats that I picked up. Um, uh, for example, in the Big Ben sector, um, this past month in November, uh, the number of apprehensions was uh, 986. In Del Rio, it was four. 4,700. In uh, El Centro, California, it was 1,800. In uh, El Paso, it was 5,200. In Laredo, it was 4,400. In the Rio Grande Valley, get this, it was 9,200. These are the number of, of, uh, of apprehensions that uh, were made by the Border Patrol. And my friends, I guarantee that uh, for every one apprehension, there are three or four individuals that got through successfully. So that'll tell you the amount of illegal immigration that has that had the uptick. And the reason, again, my friends, it's very simple. The reason that it's happening is because these people anticipate, anticipate that the incoming, heaven help us, the incoming Harris, Biden-Harris uh, administration is going to provide a, an amnesty or is going to make it easy for them to stay in the United States. That's the problem. Oh, my friends, we are in a real, real problem. Defunding the police in our local communities and opening the border. I mean, those two things are deadly. And then at the same time, the economic strangle, strangling that's going on by shutting down the economy because of COVID. My friends, these are dire times. And I'm not sure what we're going to look at and uh, how things are going to look in, in 2021. I really don't. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. Uh, let's stay safe, my friends, the rest of the holiday. Let's have a, a, a happy and safe uh, New Year's. Let's watch out for the drunk drivers. Let's out watch out for the crazy people out there. You folks stay safe, and we will see you in the new year 2021. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. Thank you.